Hi, you're listening to the Jivadora Talks podcast, available on all your streaming platforms. Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Jivadora Talks. This is your host, Nitai, a.k.a. Jiva, and we're back at it again with a new episode. I haven't recorded much in the past couple of months because I was out on my honeymoon. But in the meantime, I was cooking so many ideas I want to share with you guys. And yeah, let's see how we unpack them. So the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that it was yesterday was a Kadashi and thank God it was Sunday. Now, the reason why I say that is because I honestly have a bad relationship with Ikadashi. Like, I mean, not just Ikadashi, but fasting in general. Whether it's, I don't know, Janmashimi, Gorpanima, whatever. I get really, yeah, I'm not, I'm not an easy person to deal with. And I don't like that. So I've been trying to change that. And the first thing I did was trying to understand why. So yesterday I was doing a lot of mm, introspection. And I realized that it goes back to when I was I was I had a corporate had a corporate job a proper nine to five. It was a very hellish condition. I was basically overworked, stressed, and I remember that whenever a Kadashi would be on a, a work day, a weekday, I would be very on edge. I was unable to function properly. I wasn't able to manage my workload and manage my sadhana. So you know both things it was it was just chaos. I remember whenever Akadashi would fall on a on the weekend, I would be very excited just to go to the temple and and eat. And I think that eventually, even after I left that job, I carried that conception of Akadashi that whenever Akadashi would come, I would just become very uneasy. So now these things are different, and in fact, it's really ironic that I'm even adding more challenges to Ikadashi. Like my wife and I just recently started going for a full fast. The, the rule is if we can't go for a full fast on Ikadashi, we'll only eat once and a small, basically a small portion. And it's something for me, if I look back and it's just unthinkable that I would never be able to function properly with one small bowl of, I don't know, quinoa or buckwheat or whatever. Sometimes we go and on certain cottages, we just go on a full fast. We were even trying to do dry fasts. I think we did. Yeah, we did a dry fast till noon. And then we broke with like orange juice or something and then fruits. And eventually we had a small bowl of buckwheat. Anyways, the point is that I was thinking cottages remain the same. All the, We have the same amount of cottages every year, the same amount of fastings every year. But what changed? So if cottages is not changing, what changed? Like, why am I not feeling the same way today? So as I was going, you know, in my, in my introspection train of thought, I was analyzing that it is, you know, the situation might not change, but it's how we approach the situations. Basically, we can't change things, but we can change how we react to them. So this made me think about a concept that I read on Shilashidhar Maharaj's books about how the environment is always friendly. Essentially, it means that the environment is not there to cause us any harm. Rather, the environment is there to teach us what we need to change about ourselves. So whenever there's a challenge, instead of victimizing ourselves, we can try to pay attention what the environment is trying to teach us with the situation, what we need to change in ourselves, where is that part that we need to work on. So in connection to that, there's this little personal story I want to share with you guys. 
So around that same time I was working corporate, I was dating this girl for a couple of years and everything was perfect. I was so illusioned. I thought, you know, we were going to get married and have 11 children and live happily ever after. <laughs> but eventually I found out that she was cheating on me. So obviously we broke up and I was absolutely devastated that I started underperforming at work. I get fired and then eventually I was having difficulties finding a new job. So my landlord decides that it's a good idea to kick me out because I couldn't afford rent. And my life was chaos. Like I couldn't really function properly. And I ended up feeling like shit for about a year and a half or almost two years. And in that time, I wasted so many great opportunities. Like one of them being almost getting a great job at Google, which sadly never happened because I was living life complaining about every single thing and victimizing myself. But looking back, if that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be here today. But together, you have to change the way you're approaching your problems. Obviously, there's a lot of things you can't change, but you can focus on the things you can. For example, you can stop passing off the responsibility of solving your problems on others or blaming the environment for your situation. Like in my case, I was blaming, um, I was victimizing myself because of this failed relationship. Because otherwise you enter this kind of mindset where you're like, Oh, if only X, Y, and Z uh, would have happened, I would have, could have, etc. And that's, that's, that's lamentation. And if you head over to the Bhagavatam, Canto 11, chapter 25, verse 15, it says that falling into lamentation and illusion, a person in the mode of ignorance sleeps excessively, indulges in false hopes and displays violence towards others. Being in lamentation is basically being overpowered by the mode of ignorance. But we have a choice to get out of that. Actually, we're always choosing. That's the thing. We're always choosing. So what, like basically, what values are you choosing to base your life on? Is it a, you know, a girlfriend, a relationship, a job, a status? Is it name, position? Are those things defining who you are? Because then what happens if all of that is taken away? You're always choosing. And choosing happens, you know, only in the present. So like I said, we can't control what will happen to us. but We can control our response. In fact, in uh, Bhagavad Gita chapter 4, verse 17, uh, we read that the intricacies of actions are very hard to understand. Therefore, one should know perfectly what action is, what forbidden action is, and what inaction is. Srila Prabhupada mentions in that purport that, uh, sorry, in the purport of that verse, he mentions that even the most intelligent person can be bewildered. So basically, only a sadhu, only a person that has seen the truth can show us the secret to overcome the situation. So that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. I want to share everything that I've learned from my guardians, masters, and unpack it in a way that it's relatable and that you can, you know, learn something. I'm learning so much about myself just doing this. But yeah, you always have the choice. You always, if you always live in the present, you always have a choice. Of course, like I said, it's difficult to understand what action and inaction is, but we're all in this together and we're all trying to kind of figure it out. Uh, on the topic of choosing, actually, I want to dig a little bit deeper on what causes attraction and distraction of, you know, a particular subject matter. Actually, I recently heard a lecture about it and I just want to kind of like digest it a little bit before I speak about it but yeah stay tuned i think the next episode would be about choosing and what causes us 
to choose, you know, good and bad things. Anyways, I got to study and ask the side more questions, but stay tuned. I'll be back.